Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, just if anybody is listening to this podcast and you know any politicians or anybody in the government or anybody that can fucking do anything about the current housing crisis, could you just pause this? And listen to it in the same room as them. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Hello and you are very welcome along to the Unpopular Opinion Podcast. My name is Jen. And I'm Carla. And this week we've a very interesting guest on. We have Kieran Mulqueen from Crazy House Prices. And uh, we're going to be bitching and moaning about the current house, housing crisis. So, yay! My favourite thing to do. Coming on. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, say maybe take a Xanax before listening to this because I know I'm going to get riled. Mm-hmm. You, Carla? Uh, yeah. next go? Like, if temperatures are <laughs> rising, um, now's the time. Lads, I finally secured a guest that I've been banging on about for a long time now, so I'm pretty chuffed with myself. Well That's done. Right. All it took was one message, and I got back to you immediately. <laughs> uh, I know, I, I wouldn't even mind, because I was like, fuck's sake, because obviously last week, you your, your big claim to fame was being on the David McWilliams podcast, um, which is kind of like a lot more professional than this one, you know, so... <laughs> I don't I know. I thought you might be inundated. You guys have intros and editing and all sorts. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's maybe the second most professional podcast I've been on uh, in the last oh. few weeks. So uh, there you go. Ah, uh, thanks, Kieran. Well. You know, top two, and we're two, but we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys don't know Kieran, Kieran um, is a primary school teacher and a first-time buyer, but he is also the author and <laughs> the, um, I suppose the uh, what would you call it? When somebody, what do you call it when somebody like edits and creates an Instagram page? Like not a, cu- a curator. <laughs> curator, there you go. Curator of um, crazy house prices. Yeah, that's me. Uh, actually, in the in the last podcast or the podcast with Dave McWilliams, he introduced it as myself and my wife uh, set it up. And actually, she doesn't even follow me. And I think she only started following me the other day because she, she's not mad on social media. And uh, even her friends were texting her going, oh, my God, I didn't realise you and Kieran set the page up together. And she's like, we absolutely did not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually heard that and I was like, I've been following this lad since he had 1,568 followers. And I remember, I remember specifically because I've actually got some things that I think you'll be like, how do you remember that? And I'm like, because I've stalked you for a while. But I was like, I'm pretty positive his wife just has nothing to do with this page. And it's kind of almost a bit like embarrassing hobby kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, she she kind of just ignores a lot of it. Now, she, she is paying a little bit more attention now, I suppose. Mm. But at the start, she was just like, look, 
don't annoy me with anything until like something's a bit more concrete because I'd be just be sending her like 10 houses a day and she'd be like would you just kind of calm yeah. it down a little bit but uh where I suppose she's she's maybe a little bit more on board now but um the Patreon helps with that I suppose that it's not <laughs> a complete waste of time me just spending all day on my phone so but she's very supportive and uh and yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it without her um, allowing me to spend so much time getting back to people. Mm-hmm. Me and Jen said this before. They always take they always take notice of you when you start making money. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, the tenner a week I give her. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say, I was like, oh yeah, she didn't take any interest now until you start getting a little bit famous off it. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. All right, Mark. Oh, Marked. she'd be well, she'd be to- she'd be totally against it. She'd be mortified. Like to be fair, I, like it's. it's it's uh, the only time anyone has ever kind of s- seen me outside and kind of said anything to me was we were we were stopped coming back from Aldi with the shop and oh. uh, at a guard a checkpoint and um, I rolled down the window and he's like ah Jesus you're your man from from Crazy House Party. and she was like oh my God here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you were good. It's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's good. To, it's an anonymous account. It's, a, it's just a logo. I very. I don't put my head in it too much, to be honest. For that reason, not for that reason, so, but like I just, I'm, I'm not in it to for people to to be saying hello to me or anything. I'm just there to try and help people, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So take us through if you if so first for instance if somebody who didn't know who you were what weren't following the page take us from the start. What is the page about? What do you do? What's the agenda behind it? I suppose I, the page started with just taking the piss out of the housing market when we started looking uh, towards buying in about twenty nineteen. Uh, where we live, we kind of want to live in and around here. We live in my wife's parents' house. We're in Portobello and. When like the prices around here are just astronomical, and I was just seeing some crazy, crazy houses going up that were in absolute bits, needed loads of work, and were still four hundred grand, four fifty, and I so I just started as a bit of a joke, just to take the piss out of it, and uh, it just grew from there. And I now I just try and make it a little bit more helpful for people rather than me just moaning all the time or taking the piss all the time. I try and make some helpful posts so to guide people as I'm learning, like to try and guide people as to what I've learned. So I'm not giving any like official advice or anything. I tend to just send people to experts if they need more intricate advice. But I suppose just the standard stuff like, you know, how to apply for a mortgage, what what documentation do you need? And if you're looking for a property, what's the kind of things to be looking out for? I think there are some of the really important things that people tend to gloss over. And I still think even now, a lot of people don't even know much about the property price register and they're just bidding blind. And it's like, no, we'll go and have a look at the road and see what next door is sold for. See what a house around the corner is sold for. And that way you're able to make a better decision as to how much you're willing to bid on a property. So little things like that. And just trying to, I suppose now I'm just trying to make it helpful and post some kind of, current affairs as to what's going on in the media and political I suppose it's, uh, I'm not I never class myself as a political person but house prices are predominantly driven by political policy so you kind of have to be when when you're looking to to buy a home or live somewhere or rent somewhere you kind of have to be a little bit political because it is driven by their decisions at the end of the day by their policies mm. 
I think it's interesting that you say that about, um, you know, trying to help people. Because I know you don't just, you don't just post like, here's a house in Wexford and here's a house in Dublin and here's the comparison. Here's what you could get. But you actually do a lot of um, other stuff. You've done um, trackers for people. I actually didn't understand how to get a mortgage exception until you put it on your page. And that's how I found out. First of all, the first thing about a bloody mortgage exception, which I kept going on about and I hadn't a clue about it. it (laughs) And then second of all, you actually put like what the steps were. So you do a lot of that kind of work. You put a lot of work into that page. Yeah, it is. It's a massive amount of work, to be honest. It's more than it's kind of taken over a little bit. But I I, I suppose I'm a little bit handier now with putting the graphics together and I can do it all a little bit more quickly on the computer and on the phone. And it's it's more so actually the most time consuming thing is getting back to people in the messages. I try to respond to absolutely everyone. That's that takes up the most time, I think putting the post together I suppose just a few screenshots and a bit of text that doesn't take too long but replying to everybody is quite time consuming but I think it's important also just to even just to kind of show that I've seen their message and give it a like or whatever but if Mm. somebody asks me a question I'll always I'll always get back to them yeah Oh, um, I feel you. Because <laughs> yeah, when you reply to one and then it keeps going and it's a conversation with 12 different people at the same time. Do you guys yeah, get yeah, loads yeah. of messages on your on your pages? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we obviously have a, like the, the whole idea behind the, the Unpopular Opinion podcast was t- to have those opinions. But of course, you open up your kind of forum there. Um, and I think that's what people enjoy about it is that you're kind of getting a bit of both of us 360 approach if you're listening to an episode that we did a year ago you can kind of get that as well so I can only imagine you are probably still getting sent stuff from early 2020 mm. like and being like I just saw this could you do something a little bit more yeah um so you've stocked up a lot of work for yourself there yeah I, mm. I've, I suppose it's, I've made a little guide on the page so that because you get a lot of the same repeat questions and it may be something that I covered in a in an infographic a long time ago. So I'll usually just send them to the guide, which kind of has a lot of the the helpful infographics all in a little list and in one handy place. So that that's that's a nice little solution I have to to that issue. Get your get your guides going. So I suppose you started this obviously because you're a first time buyer trying to get yourselves a property. Um, you are looking in the Portobello area, so. <clears throat> I mean, it's one of those things as well, because me and Jen are both first time buyers, both looking in different areas. Do you ever get, I suppose, people, something I'm from Castlenock, I live in Castlenock and I'm looking to buy in Castlenock. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, do you ever get people say, would you not just move outside of Castlenock? Would you not just move outside of fucking (laughs) Castlenock? Yeah, it's, you do get, is that what you were going to say? Sorry, I'm very rude. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it is, it's the, it's the, and and that's not just ran, that's family that's everyone says that to you it's not mm. just random people but um yeah like we're not looking to buy in portobello that's that's not realistic but it's more so i just want to be s- somewhere close to to Me- melissa's parents somewhere close to my parents and close enough to work so that we're not commuting for an hour a day so it's not it's not too much to ask and then also the houses like the last three houses we were outbid on. Uh, one didn't even have central heating, didn't even have a gas connection. It just had two fireplaces and needed to be gutted from floor to ceiling. 
the other one was a little bit more turnkey, but still required a lot of work, and that was in Rialto. Uh, and Rialto wouldn't wouldn't have been like a, an expensive area a, a few years ago. And then the other one was another like complete floor to ceiling gut like renovation job and I, I can I can barely hang a shelf so like it's not as if I'm a, I'm a builder and I'm really handy it'll just it mm. would be we'd have to be paying people to do all of that as well so my standards aren't aren't too high it's just I think the madness of the market at the moment that everybody is feeling and we're not special in that you guys are the same and the 37,000 people on my Instagram are the same too so everybody is struggling in that aspect unless you've got wealthy parents or uh whatever and it yeah or a lot of win (laughs) or some yeah um so we heard well i heard anyway on the 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 david mcwilliams podcast that was kind of like that that was the big he did one um two weeks ago now which was kind of like his initial flagging it to to the market to be like everybody should should push back and should step back and his whole comments was that like we're at peak dysfunction you know, it's such a false economy that we're running ourselves into. Um, But I suppose you would know a lot more about that from comparison and contrast and kind of what you're doing on crazy house prices. So I suppose, what do you think, if if you're a first-time buyer, if you're a buyer in general, what do you think is the biggest issue with second-hand houses for people who are in that kind of market? The the biggest issue with second-hand houses is the renovation costs. And even if you can get a builder... Now, like we don't have, we don't have any. No. Uh, and even if you can get an architect to take on a job, like a lot of architects aren't taking on jobs for under a hundred grand and builders aren't getting out of bed for that. So it's like you're looking at nearly in Dublin anyway, nearly a minimum of, of 80, a hundred grand added on top of, of the price already. And it's not that easy to get a renovation mortgage. Uh, so and not, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know anyone with a hundred grand cash line there that they can just throw into it. And then, like the costs, the added costs to that are just going up and up. Like the renovation costs now are probably at their highest ever. So, I think people. I make this comparison to 2007 all time, and you get like the the usual rhetoric where it's you know supply and demand and all that. But if you think to back then when people were buying houses in 2007, they were predominantly new build houses that they were buying. And yes, they mm. would have gone into negative equity and they're out of that now. But And prices now aren't quite as high as they were in 2007, but they were buying new houses. And if you look at the stock now, the stock is all fixer-uppers. It's all probate sales, unfortunately. And they require 100, 150, 200 grand. So if you add that on top of the prices, the real price then probably is on par with 2007. So yeah. it's just, it, it can't work. Like it can't keep going like that. It's not sustainable. I um, I think, I disagree. I think by the time any of us get a house, we will have 100 grand lying around because we have done nothing but fucking saved all that time. <laughs> I have at this stage like from when we first started saving to when we thought we were going to be able to apply and obviously this was pre-pandemic hadn't got a clue what was going to happen like mm. we have way more of a deposit than we actually need now and I just feel like like 
that's not a bad complaint. Do you know what I mean? You can never have too much of a deposit, but I just feel too much money. We are actually going to have. We are actually all going to have way too much money. We will have the money fucking lying around by the time any of us can get a house. Any first time buyer at at the moment, like yeah. Do you think the extra bits go? Like, there's a lot of other added costs, like your stamp duty, you've all the solicitors' fees, you've the survey. Yeah, I've already got that covered. I'm fucking saving that long. Jeez, I'll be coming to you for it's a loan then, Jen. I was about to say, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I will buy a Portobello. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I know, and I'm not even saying that bragging. I'm just saying that's how fucking long, mm. it, like, past the goal we've already gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, it's just, it's been mental. Like, it's absolutely nothing like what I expected. And I haven't even applied yet. Yeah. But while we're on that topic... Do you think that that, because I know personally, when I first started bidding on houses, I remember my mortgage broker said to me, he was like, it's about getting lucky, Carla. Like, that's what it's about. He was like, it's, you know, that you're going to have people that are going for the same house, but maybe they're looking at two and you come in with a handsome offer and blah, blah, blah. Now, I literally have been through it all. So I'm like, it's not even about getting lucky anymore. It's more about getting lucky and also who you're going up against and also in what area, at what time. And I think some of the problem has been that people have had longer to to save. Like, I even know myself, I nearly have the money that I needed for the exception saved up myself. But I don't want to have mm. to use that because I don't want to throw 40 grand additionally onto a house or, you know, what people are doing. Throwing, you know, there's been some cases and I saw on your page that's like 60, 70 grand in excess of asking price. 200 grand I've seen. Yeah, I've seen two houses, 200 grand. I've seen loads well over 150 grand. <laughs> Over Who the fuck are these people? I just don't. But they haven't been I in the house yet it. either. That's another issue. Mm. Oh, and there was that journal article, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah. I, that's becoming an issue as well because not only is there that, there's there's people bidding on properties, and I even know it myself because you mentioned at the start of the podcast there that you know people didn't even know about the property price register, and I remember um, we were bidding on one place in particular and it was in a specific area and it was funny because a, a different auctioneer said oh we actually had trouble trying to sell some of the houses there last year nobody wanted them this year they're flying like hotcakes mm. and when I was talking to uh, your man was a total total wheeler dealer anyway but um when I was talking to him we were kind of going back and forth and I go look at the end of the day his name is Declan and I was like at the end of the day Declan you're they, these people bought this house in 2016 and they're asking for a hundred grand more than they bought the house for he's like I see you've done your research like yeah. the, the bare minimum was looking it up yeah. at the property price register I totally agree the absolute bare minimum like it's the biggest purchase of your life and I'm I'm one of those weirdos where if I'm like even yesterday we got a little dent on the car right a little tiny one somebody opened the do you know the way people open their door onto your car so we have a tiny little dent on the car so I was buying like this home dent repair kit and I, I must have spent an hour research and different repair. I'm just that type of person, you know, I'll do a load of research for a 50 euro purchase, but it just blows my mind that somebody will bid on three, two, three, 400,000 euro house and not even do the bare minimum of checking. What's this actually worth before, before sticking mm-hmm. an offer in it's, it's madness. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, like I, we're kind of putty in the auctioneer's hands is what I found. And I, I know you've been bidding on houses. Um, and I know, Jen, this is all in front of you. So get ready, I'm girl. like terrified. That's why I'm being so quiet. Because I'm just like, I, I, you're completely schooling me now, Kieran, because I haven't 
really like my whole thing is that I'm not at that stage yet so I'm, I'm not going to freak myself out by looking into all of this stuff first I'm going to wait I'm going to give me papers to my mortgage broker and then I'm going to do all my bits so like what you're talking about the prices property register or the sorry the other way around um all this kind of stuff I haven't looked into any of this so I'm like what you are talking about is completely new to me and I'm just like like I'm rocking back and forth holding my head here I think you're right to maybe not inundate yourself with it because it's heavy it is heavy going and it's it's it can be it can be stressful so you're you're probably right to just ignore it all for a little while until you're ready to until Mm. you're ready to pull the trigger and so yeah I think you're I think you're on the right track there to be honest don't listen to me (laughs) (laughs) well I just got off this call (laughs) I'll leave you guys I'll just let me know if I need to edit anything I'll see you later okay (laughs) (laughs) um Yeah. yeah I think there's there's going back to what we were saying there's this kind of a fury and a panic I think at the moment in the market and I think that's what's happening you know there are people and I even know myself and the number one thing that I say to anybody whenever anyone asks me about like how it's been or bidding or being outbid you have to have a price to walk away with but people have just lost the head Mm. and they're kind of going okay but I have 50 grand extra so maybe if I just lamp that on top and then they're you know I, I don't know where all these funds are coming from I don't know who has 200 grand to put a property into excess but not only that a lot of these sales are falling through because they can't see them. Yeah, exactly. And like even today, I got I got an email from the house we were bidding on and she was like, do you want to give me a call tomorrow? The agent asked me to give her a ring tomorrow. So I'm assuming that house has fallen through and now it's it's coming back. But like I'm pulling, we're pulling out of the market for a little while. I'm not even, I, I'll give her a ring and I'll see what the story is. But I'm not even, uh, I'm kind of going down to taking Dave McWilliams' advice and just stepping away for a little while because with everything else going on, it's, I just think it's too fragile. We've Brexit, we've COVID. There's all this talk of collapse over in, over in America. There's, there's just too many unknowns going on at the moment. And I, I keep saying the same thing over and over again. I think we will look back at this issue of people going 200 grand over asking price from a virtual viewing i think we will look at back uh, at that in sheer disbelief saying that that was madness what were people doing and i'm just reminding myself of that but it's it is hard to pull out when you get uh, the agent is emailing you go and give me a ring tomorrow but like i will give her a ring but i'll say i'm not going where the bidding ended i will go back to the initial first bid because that's the other person that pulled out is the one that dragged those bids up and as yeah. you said like you have to we had a price i i worked out a price that i thought it was worth and i pulled and we pulled out at that and the other person went three grand more and she she came back to me and said they've gone three grand more and i was like well that's fine i'm but i'm leaving mine where it is because it's not it's not our dream house, so like I'm not willing to to go over. And I think people need to be hard on that. But it's that's easy for me to say because we're not in any major panic because we can live in the family home. And I'm well aware that we are way more fortunate than most of other people out there that might be maybe they're in the family home, but they've kids and there's not enough space, or maybe they're renting and it's costing them a fortune. So. 
there's always that caveat that I include that I'm we are very very lucky and I'm aware of that so it's easy for me to say just pull out with that bid and it's not realistically that easy for people to do when you're caught up in it all and you love the house or whatever so um you just have to be careful with with the bids I don't know what we were talking about I just went on a rant there again but <laughs> it's there's there's a lot to it you know mm-hmm I'm just gonna I can see what you mean though because I'd be very anti like I'm living in the family home and I'm living separate from my partner because we have dogs my mum's not a dog person so my partner's living in his auntie's with our dogs and I'm living here with my son well our son and it's a very sticky situation and we are desperate to just get back together as a family and I can see us doing like making a stupid decision out of desperation like it and it is very hard to because that's all I'm hearing now it's like coming up to COVID it was like or in the last kind of year or so it was like oh yeah now the times now is the time to buy now is the time to buy and in the last month or so shit has just hit the fan and now it's like don't buy don't like don't it's the worst thing you can do this is not the year to buy it's and it's just the goalpost is getting further and further away and I'm just losing the will it's very stressful and I totally understand what you're saying and I empathize with you it's I suppose the thing you need to think about is, let's say you find somewhere, if it's affordable for you, you like the area, you you, you can always change the house down the line, but if you like the area, mm. it's affordable for you and you can see yourself kind of growing into it or, and you won't need to move in a couple of years, well then, like, yeah. just go for it because it's, that is, don't, I wouldn't even worry about negative equity because over the space of 10 years, it'll all balance out anyway. And think about mm. your own head. Get like getting your family back together is going to be far more important than if you're ten grand in negative equity or whatever. Like it's that's nothing. Yeah. It's far more important that, that for your own head and your mental health and your family's sake that you're that you're back together and you're not p- piled in to two different houses. So I like that. That's something as well that I I probably don't say enough is you know people do need to realise that if if you love it and you can afford it and you don't, you're not realistically going to come in under any hardship if your job is secure or whatever. Well, then that's the right time for you to buy. And, to, and there's no point trying to predict the market or where it's going to go because no one knows really. Mm. I don't know. Dave McWilliams doesn't know. Um, no one really knows. Everybody predicted house prices will collapse before during COVID and they've gone up. So I think if it's the right time yeah. for you and it's better for you. I just wouldn't even worry about, you know, what other people are saying, I suppose. Yeah, see, that's what freaks me out is because, like, now, now that you're after saying it and it's the first time I'm, I'm, I'm actually after getting a bit of clarity on it, like, it doesn't really... Like, if we were to buy a house, we we know that's probably not going to be our forever home. We're probably going to outgrow it at some stage, you know. Like, we're just in a situation now where we were sick of renting the rent was going up every year we weren't in a rent pressure zone or anything like that we just we couldn't afford it anymore and we had done the whole thing we moved out of dublin like we were living on somebody's farm you know and it was a great little house and all that but the rent kept going up and we were like i'm not fucking doing this anymore their mortgage they don't even have a mortgage on this house this is their pocket money like do you know what i mean it's not even like we were just sick of paying the rent so we made the decision but then when we gave our notice to that landlord poof found out we were pregnant so it wasn't like the timing wasn't great you know and then 
I'm kind of like I'm hearing all of these things and because I don't know enough about it it's like oh no don't buy this year you can't like it's it's a bad decision to buy this year and I'm just listening to all of that but now that you say like like, like it, it it is far more important for us to get our family back together rather than worrying about what the house is worth or you yeah. know like if I, that's no you're after making me feel much better about myself good thanks Kira. <laughs> if i can afford it i'm gonna buy it <laughs> but like the, i suppose the comparison is like the, there's always this worry of negative equity and the, again going back to 2007 like a lot of that was like people are getting negative equity but a lot of it was you know people weren't even looking to buy and they were driving past ourselves yeah. and, and they just bought a house like because it was 100 percent mortgages and all that. like it was just it was it was a lot more it was easier it was uh more disposable money like because banks were just it was mental whereas you're like you're you're in a in a position where you you, you have to buy so don't even mm. so if if it's something where you you can plan on living uh for for 10 years or whatever and you can grow into well then, like I wouldn't worry about negative equity because it may not even happen. Your the prices may even go up, so there's no way of predicting. Yeah, it. yeah. Mm. So I just want to circle back for anybody who's listening who hasn't actually listened to David McWilliams' podcast, and they're probably like, "What are you talking about?" So, um, obviously, David McWilliams is an economist. He spoke a lot about the crash before. He's kind of seen trends, and and I suppose the trends that he's comparing what we're going through now in the housing market is that we have the lowest supply of houses since 2006. Um, and because of that, there's a lot of different things, you know, people have been affected by COVID. They have lost their jobs. They have, it is a tricky time to sell if you're a seller because you don't actually know what you're going into as well. So if you are somebody who's in a house and, you know, you're thinking about maybe having another baby or you're thinking about upsizing or even, you know, downsizing anything along those lines, you've kind of been told because, you know, COVID was supposed to be something that came in and blitzed out and it kind of hasn't happened that you've been sitting on your hands because you have a house. There's no need really to to immediately go and get another house unless, you know, your circumstances have massively changed. So what's happening in the market is that you have houses that people have to sell or, um, you know, whether they be in negative equity vulture funds, which are becoming a lot tighter in Ireland at the moment, um, or, you know, they've had somebody who has passed away, like maybe a family home, their mum or their dad has passed away. And that's why the condition of houses is the way that it is, because we're looking at, mm. as you said, older houses, ones that haven't been done up. Um, maybe ones that like, I know there's been two on my road. Um, and my road is kind of, I, I think this was built in the 70s. And then, you know, my parents be- bought it in the 80s. They were the second buyers of the house kind of thing. We're still here, whatever, many years later. But, um, you know, there was one up the road that uh, the room that I'm in actually used to be a garage and everyone got them converted apart from this one house. And that was that one house was actually going for more money than any of the other houses on the road, which I found hilarious. Doesn't even have this room. This room is <laughs> fictional room. It's still a garage. Um, and this is kind of what's happening. Uh, the reason why that was sold is because the person passed away. And then there was another one. Um, unfortunately, the the owner of that house was put into a care home. So this is kind of you're looking at these kind of properties probably haven't been changed. The decor hasn't been changed since the 90s maybe the 80s and some kind of aspects you know the kitchens aren't up to scratch and a kitchen's going to cost you you know anything between five and 25 grand essentially just depending on the size and the area and everything else like that um but what i what i found interesting about the david mcwilliams podcast is because he was kind of running through all these statistics he was running through you know his, his advice was effectively 
if you can last and if you can wait, wait. Yeah. If you're a first time buyer like myself and Tom or uh, Kieran yourself and your wife and you can wait and you can sit it out, you know, I'm living at home with my parents. I'm quite lucky. You're living at home, same idea. Wait was kind of it. If you're somebody who can't wait, like say someone like Jen or somebody who has, you know, other issues with renting or anything else like that and you see yourself in the property for 10 years plus, then buy. You know, if, if it's something that you're kind of getting into, you're not trying to make money off or it's not something that you see yourself kind of trying to grow out of quite quickly or, you know, essentially don't buy a two bed apartment if you're planning on having six kids yeah. kind of thing. And that was kind of his his top line, I suppose, advice. Um, and then we came into the issues about uh, the first time buyers and new builds. Yeah. Mm. So what are the main issues that we're looking at when it comes to new builds? Well, the main issue is there aren't enough of them. Uh, that's the yeah. first problem with them. Uh, the second issue then is, well, to, to help the buy, kind of just push the prices up. Literally overnight, they announced the, the help to buy scheme, which is where the, you don't have to have as much of a deposit. So the government give you 5% of the deposit. Uh, but what happens was uh, basically the, help, the prices of new bills went up to 5, 10, 15, 20 grand overnight or over the space of a few months um so it's essentially just a transfer of wealth into developers and then the new issue then will be if it is passed through the doll is the shared equity scheme which essentially is when the government take an equity or take a, a part ownership in the home and it's like kind of like you, you have rich parents and they give you a hundred grand but you have to pay that hundred grand back, and uh, so so they have an equity in the home, and then there's just it's it's being done in the UK, and it's based off the UK one. And I had a call with Dar Brian, he's the minister for housing. I had a call with him about this, and like he's like, you know, it's not going to be the exact same as that one, but they haven't actually produced kind of anything other than the UK one. And the School of Economics in the UK showed the results of that shared equity scheme and it just drove prices up again. So it comes down to the main issue with new builds is there's a lack of supply, but all of the government policies are based around demand. We already have a huge amount of demand. We need more supply, but their their policies are not supply focused. They're demand focused. So it doesn't make sense. So really they Mm. should be focusing on, okay, well, what can we do to increase supply? And that's where an empty home tax comes in where like if you walk around town if you look at any uh, any apartments that have been built in the last couple of years 95 percent of them are built to rent where foreign investment come in they buy up every apartment or they build all the apartments and they're for rent but they kind of 50 60 percent of those apartments are vacant because they're too expensive so we don't like we we have a supply issue but we have a supply in affordable housing not a supply in housing. There are houses there. I'm even out my window within a stone's throw of my house here in Portobello. There's like 15 derelict and vacant houses that are just sitting there mm. and have been sitting. There's one right beside. I'm sure people know it. If you walk along the canal, there's a house uh, just right right at uh, we're beside locks here. So there's a house right there. It's got graffiti all over. It's totally derelict. That's been sitting there for 30 years. So. Mm. Like there, there are houses there. There are thousands and thousands of houses around the city that are just sitting empty and vacant because people don't have to sell them. There's no incentive to sell them because they're just they're going up in value anyway. So why why would they sell it? Whereas if we put mm. in an empty home tax 
uh, maybe two, three, four percent of the value of the home a year, well then people that maybe can't afford to do up the house will go right well cash in now and then you'll just have a flood of properties on the market where people can buy Mm. or builders can buy and renovate them and flip them or whatever and then if we put Mm. a a tax a tax on the REITs so the REITs are real estate investment trusts they're the ones that buy up all the houses and all the apartments they're the foreign investment funds they're billions and billions and they can just buy these things and they're the ones that leave the apartments all vacant in say Grand Canal Dock so there's apartments there that are six, seven grand a month. They're not renting, but they can't drop the rent because they want to keep those rents inflated. So they don't pay any tax. They're exempt from paying tax on income, so on profits. So they don't pay any tax. So there's no like so the the easiest thing to be would be implement an empty home tax where they're like, right, okay, we have to either sell these or rent them out, otherwise we're gonna start getting taxed on it. And it's so simple, it doesn't cost the government any money. And there, there's a potential there to have 40,000 properties in Dublin city alone flooding the market straight away and they don't have to build one, one house. And then they can use that tax that they've taken from these uh, real estate investment trusts or taken in from the vacant home tax or the empty home tax and use that then to build public housing on public land, which they already own. Because a lot of people are bidding against the councils as well. A lot of houses are being bought up by the councils for social housing. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's not rocket science. There are solutions there. Other countries are, are bringing about these solutions. Look at Canada. They're putting all these things. Like, Ireland isn't unique. House prices have gone up everywhere through COVID. And actually, they've gone up mm-hmm. less here than most other places. But other countries are actually, they understand that this is a huge issue. And they're putting in policies in place that will tackle supply. But we just seem to be like always just like so far behind and, behind. and just not really it, sorry it would make your blood boil though wouldn't it because like when you see i like i even now from like just say driving through fingless and seeing the amount of boarded up houses it drives me up the fucking wall seeing the amount of them and they're like that the last five years yeah but fingless is like, up for gentrification like that's another thing i think you know, I saw a two bed and this this was where I was like, here we fucking go. Like I saw a two bed in Cabaret that's currently up and it was built. Um, It's a, it's on the end of someone's house, essentially. It was an end of road house. They built on mm. a little two bed, um, 450 grand. Yeah. yeah. For a two bed in Cabaret. And I was like. <laughs> I think that one's actually, is that the nice one? The one that was all done up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's five. That's 500 grand now. Oh, yeah, great. Went up 50 grand, so there you go. <laughs> DNG Fibsborough, thanks a million guys if you're looking to inquire about the property. But um, this is kind of where, this is, you know, I was um, on the Claire Byrne show talking about this last week and um, talking about, you know, what the government can do. Same idea about the, the vacant properties. But I think it's interesting that you brought up that you were talking to the minister about the UK policies. Yeah. Because in the UK, because of COVID, they got rid of stamp duty for the year. So that was one of the policies that they actually brought in to try and help people purchase, to try and help the buyers rather than help the sellers. Um, But what has happened also, it's been a bit of a weird one because so many people are now trying to cash in on the fact that they don't have to pay stamp duty. um, And that's expiring. I think it might be expiring in May or June. I think it was extended, it was in and then it was extended or whatever else like that. But um, I find it interesting how, how you just said it there. Like there's so many ways to help the buyers there's so many ways so many easy ways that we can help the buyers mm. but also help everyone else with taxes all that other kind of crack 
But the government seemed to be unbelievably focused on keeping sellers happy and sellers only. Yeah, that's that's the stress. That's the the really frustrating part of it. And I did ha- with with that call with Aaron. Like he's a he's a nice guy, and he was it was very kind of him to give me a call. And I spoke to him for forty five minutes. I did a kind of recap on it on my on my Instagram, the Crazy House Prices Instagram. There's a IGTV there where I talk about what we spoke about, and I did get the feeling that he understood, you know, and. He he gets it like he gets that we need it's a supply issue. But I don't. I didn't leave the call with any better understanding as to why they're not actually doing anything about it. Mm. And he his his kind of his quote was, and it's the party line where you know, well it's it's a it's a puzzle and these are parts of the puzzle and shared equity is one part and this that and the other and the land development agency they're all different parts. And I was like, yeah, but look like pick the low hanging fruit this stuff is easy just like a vacant mm. a vacant yeah, property an empty home like it's, it's so easy and it doesn't yeah. cost money and you can do it in october in the budget and away we go and then do the more long-term stuff but like it's just i don't know i didn't i didn't leave the call understanding why things weren't being done but it is frustrating when you see other countries that are doing things about it like canada like barcelona that they they basically just sent letters to all the Airbnb owners and said, have these rented out or else we're taking them and <laughs> we'll compulsory purchase them uh, at, at half the rental value and we'll put someone in there. So And that worked nice. and they, they were flooded with properties on the rental market straight away. So it's... Mm. Uh, I don't. I don't know what. What I don't know why it's not working. But there are there do are simple think, solutions. Do you think it's got to do with? I just government just strikes me as being really sleazy, and I just I imagine everybody standing in a line where everybody's hands in everybody's pockets, and they're all kind of sneakily whispering to each other and stuff like that. You know the way that there's kind of this whole thing with the double Irish tax, like you were saying foreign investors can come in and buy up all of the properties and they're not paying any tax on any of their income so they're just sitting there and there's no repercussions for them but it's as if the Irish government just want them want to keep them here just to keep them happy is that and like they're very much for landlords and developers and they're just like they're never as proactive as other countries even though it seems so simple Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Like, I have. I. I don't know enough about the the corporation tax stuff 
to have like a, mm. a valid opinion on it like I I don't know if like we didn't have that would would have the city be unemployed so I don't really know enough about that side of it to mm. be honest to make an informed opinion on it but and I, I to to put my nice hat on they took over the government during a global pandemic so it's obviously never going to be easy for it and I think being a politician must be the worst job because you, you'll never please everyone. You'll always be, yeah. you'll always be hated. Uh, so I d- just, I don't, I just don't know enough about the corporate tax stuff. Um, I just, I don't really have the answer in terms of why they won't do the simple things. But and I, d- I do genuinely believe that the vast majority of them are probably just trying to do their best, but just maybe their best isn't good enough maybe they're not actually good enough at their job despite maybe trying their best I do and then another issue I think is there's just too many men like I think mm, yeah I think there too are too many, many men there are too just too many egos and if you ever watch them in on Ortis TV or in the doll because I'm a loser and I do things like that uh, like they just I can't they watch shout it. at each other <laughs> and they scream you... at each other yeah <laughs> It's like it's like it's like a soap opera, and it's just they want to get what they just they they cannot take if somebody says something to them that's in any way against their own informed their own biased opinion, they just get angry and they shout at each other, and there's no actual logical discussion, and they're always at each other's throats, and and I think the problem with it is is that they four years they're four year term, so none of them can actually plan long term. Because all they're doing, mm. as soon as they get elected, is they're worrying about will they get re-elected again, and what can they do to get votes. So, it's it is tough for them. It's 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 not made easier by the fact that I think they they have too many egos and there's not enough women. And then, and then when they do have women in there, you, you're trying to champion that, and I'm always trying to champion like more non all that, like more women, but. Then they put Norma Foley in, and as a teacher, it's just fucking depressing watching, watching how she's been mm. operating. So I don't know. Like, and I've always liked to try and give them the benefit of the of the doubt. Like, I don't think they're, I don't think we're going back to the days of like Bertie and not having a bank account and being a finance minister. I think we're away from that, but there's definitely a hangover from how the political system works here, and the four-year thing and party politics and I actually think the best thing would be if we could do like a kind of all-stars selection and you can go right well I like you I don't really like your party but I think you're great can we pick you for this and but I I don't think it would ever work that's just me college football team kind of thing yeah it's just a take I have I don't think it would ever work but yeah I don't know amazing just for a year just see how it goes like see how happy (laughs) everybody is then I know it's funny because I think when you look at um like I was even talking to my dad about this my dad is um very level-headed when it comes to to kind of politics and and he's too fucking nice he's too yeah he's too kind he'd never say a bad word against anybody and you know we were kind of talking a little bit about this and I was saying you know the problem is because he was like what do you think the problem is honey and I was like I think the problem one of the problems and you hit it there is they've only four years so if they sit on their hands for two and then they kind of use the other two to try and rally people to vote for them again. And then they're kind of looking. And I don't really blame them because you would. You'd look at your audience and be like, so who's actually going to push me over the line in this? 
because I have a nice packet here. It's tough to get back in once you're out. Very tough to get back in once you're out. And I think that's, you know, and that's your career. That's your livelihood at the end of the day. And it's, it is done on popular opinion and that's the kind of shit one. But not only that, like, I mean, um, you know, Scarlett for myself, I voted for Roger Gorman because he was one of the, you know, on D15. I didn't really have a fantastic selection, just to name a few. Jack Chambers, Leo Varadkar, that's kind of what you're dealing with over here. And, um, you know, I voted for Roderick because I've met Roderick a few times. Really nice guy. Did a lot of campaigning him and his brother. And there was a lot of policies that I, I liked kind of for him. And that's the problem because sometimes you have to take the people out of it and you have to look at policies. And I think a lot of people forget that. And, you know, there's the Sinn Féin thing as well, where everyone are like, fucking IRA. And you're like, OK, well, let's just, you know, let's look at policies now. Let's pretend mm. they're not the, you know, we can do that too. And a lot of that other kind of shit. And you know, that's kind of more of a broken system in Ireland itself and probably one of the reasons why it is so, or one of the issues as to why it is so small. But like what you're dealing with there as well is that, um, you know, not only are you getting that person in, it's where they go. So Roger Gorman kind of got a bit of a stinger of a job with the position that he got. And then it's, you know, the same with even Norma Foley. You're kind of like, well, that's what she was given. So you could have a great politician maybe, but in the wrong department. Mm, and then Stephen Donnelly in the health department yeah and you can't do you know but it could have been great somewhere else you know I mean there's there's that kind of I think what you're saying about the whole like you know pick the people you'd love to pick the people for the policies but then put them into the right position yeah you know so if you had somebody who knew their bits about you know about education if you had somebody who knew their bits about children if you had that kind of like background and you know somebody in finance rather than being like right Carla you're after being elected you're gonna you're gonna do yeah it's gonna be housing for you babe <laughs> yeah. cool yeah I'll just it's fantastic I'll just go for it um yeah but and I want I think to that, uh, with policies like if it's actually just actually stuck to their policies because they all have these you know amazing policies in place before the general election and then they do their program for government but they never actually do what they set out to do and that's another issue there so mm-hmm. you can pick on policies but even that's not a guarantee because when they're in they tend to they tend Drift. to yeah go back on it like look at the green party is the perfect example of that so they've completely self-combusted since since, <laughs> since going into government mm-hmm. and i can't see them ever being in again like i think the party is probably dead mm-hmm. um so yeah, this, the, you can go by the policies, but then there's no guarantee there either. So I don't know. I don't have the answer. Enough. I'm not. I'm not. No answers for you today, girls. <laughs> it's all right. Mm. We're just here to debate it. We're just here to chat about it. Um, come here. You did find a quote-unquote dream house that you're obsessed with, and I think it was in Chapel Lizard, and it was the one that had the little gate onto the oh the garden on the yeah. Liffey. Oh yeah, I loved it. It was fab. And you um, went and you viewed it. Yeah, yeah, we put an offer in as well. It just went went too went too expensive. It was a gorgeous one. It's on my page there. It's got like they built a little deck. I was only talking to my father in law about this during night actually. They built a little deck on the on the weir of the Liffey. So the weir means that like the water is up there but the Liffey is underneath. I'm doing hand signals here, but people won't see that on an audio. But mm. it means it won't flood basically because the, the Liffey would have to rise up above the weir, which like it's never done there so there wasn't mm. even a flood issue um it was gorgeous it was kind of it had dolphins barn yellow brick at the back had red brick at the front they'd done the sash windows yeah it was stunning but it, it was it was a bit small for us but you could extend it it had a good garden but uh 
it was a weird setup because the upstairs bathroom was through one of the bedrooms and then there was a downstairs bathroom but it's one of those ones that's right down the back of the house but uh, like i mean you could have done stuff with it but yeah it just went i think it went up it was up for four to five i think and we went in and asking but i think it went it went over 500 grand i think in the end uh, I still don't think it's sold. It's still sale agreed. I think mm-hmm. the person may be having trouble getting flood insurance at uh, the last I heard, but they should be fine to get it, I'd say. Yeah, it was a stunning house, yeah. Yeah, I just remember that. And I remember being like, I wonder, have you ever gotten over it, I suppose? Because <laughs> there is... <those laughs> it doesn't sound like money. it, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> 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 be the one that got away for you. Because <laughs> there is those houses, and I think it's important like for listeners... Um, to hear as well that like I know myself sometimes I've gone into it and I've been like I, I fell in love with this house it was just in the wrong location and I remember just being like I'm raging I've done this to myself because now all I want is a bay window I didn't realise I wanted a bay window but I want a bay window to read a book on Um, but it was just in the wrong location and I remember yeah. being like and that's what can kind of fuddy-duddy your brain and I think it's important to kind of like you know tell people as well that you know from your own research and from you kind of your own opinion there is non-negotiables um and i think that's why it goes back to this age-old question and what kind of pisses me off about the older generation of why haven't you looked somewhere else or would you not look outside your area blah 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 blah. you can never move a gap <laughs> you just can't yeah you're spot on there and i think can, that's good advice you can change the condition but you can, you just can't move it like and it, it doesn't really matter what happens because you could have a dream house and then you're you're going to feel it whether that's the commute or anything else like that um you will you're going to feel it in some kind of different way it might be you know adding money onto your petrol or blah 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 all that other kind of stuff or it could be the backwards way where this house has ticked all of your boxes and you haven't found anything like it in the location that you thought it was going to be so but i think yeah. it is really important to remember that you you really can't a lot of the times people say um you know, I'm buying this, it's a first time buy, but I I think Ireland's kind of, I think we're moving away from that because I just don't think, where are we going to have the six and seven hundred grand for our second houses, you know? Exactly, and that's that's the issue with the way prices have gone. People are buying later in life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 34 yeah. now. Uh, yeah. My dad, my dad was, they were on their third house and he was on his fourth child by 34, you know? it's we, we, Everything is, is delayed now because because prices are so high. So that's the situation we're in. We can't buy our starter home, so to speak, because we need to be able to grow into it straight away because we don't have that 10 years of, of, of being young and, and getting on the ladder, as they say. Uh, so, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, you have to get on top of the ladder these days. You just need to go straight <laughs> to the top. You just get on the elevator. You heard it here first. Straight you started up. it. <laughs> you need to get on the property elevator and just hit the top floor <laughs> I've um, I've two more questions for you and then I will let you go yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I swear I will but um, we'll end on a positive note so we'll start with this question yeah because we'll I'm fucking rocking back and forth here seriously like I'm like <laughs> sorry I do, I do tend to ramble on <laughs> no it's not you it's Carla's fault <laughs> I was about to say I'm the waffler here thanks but um no, for suggesting this, I should have done it when I when I was it, sitting in my house. Yeah, literally, you would have been like, "Well, I don't give a fuck." Well, I but, don't um, give a fuck now. Yeah, I suppose. Look, so there's kind of obviously you've your your popularity is kind of um, 
skyrocketed you know <laughs> you can pause this and be like play it in the room where your wife is and be like just really quickly just want to reiterate this message because of instagram but what i've also noticed is that there's a lot of mortgage pages that have kind of gotten their uh 10 seconds of fame i suppose off this as well and what i found particularly funny was when you were explaining kind of the David McWilliams podcast, you were saying, you know, he's an economist. He doesn't have a dog in the race. Like the chap has his house. He has his family. You know, he's not coming at this being like, everybody stop buying because I want to buy a gaff. You know, where we kind of are. <laughs> we're kind of coming at it from that angle. But what I found interesting was these mortgage pages, either number one, saying nothing. Um, or number two, being really irate about the podcast itself. Uh, which I thought was kind of like, not comedy, because it's not a laugh of matter, but I was like, this is kind of interesting because your bias sits with yourself. And I think it was the same kind of stuff. It was like, look, you know, at the end of the day, if you're buying, you have to buy your house and, you know, it's, it's, random statistics. It was like watching a politician, you know, be asked a tough question. It was like that time that mm. Leo Varadkar decided that everybody in Ireland was on um, 49 grand. And they were like, where the fuck did you pull that figure from? But it was this like- is another thing as well. I meant to say it earlier on. I, f- I think we that's when the thing froze. Like when you were saying it to Dara O'Brien about like, why aren't these simple solutions happening? Or like you came off the call not really knowing why it wasn't happening. None of these politicians are ever going to be in our situation either. So like there's no empathy there at all. They just don't see it as a priority. And I would... Like, one, if I had one superpower, it would be to swap a politician with a struggle, struggling family for, like, a week and just see how they get on. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's never going to happen. Like, they're, they're not in the same boat. And I think that's why there's no urgency there to even implement simple solutions. Like, what, like what you said make, makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think on that one, it's more... they. They, they work for votes, so if the vast majority of people have a house or have a home and they're not really worried about it, well, then they're not really going to put that much emphasis into it. So I'm mm. working on that with the page. I'm working on setting up some sort of template where you can you copy and paste the thing and, and you email local politicians, local TDs, and explain your own situation, your own, where you are, what your problems are. And because I think that's the only thing that will work is if you put political pressure on and and get involved and get get active. And then I suppose to to answer what you were saying, Carla, yeah, a lot of commentators on, and I get that. Like, and I mean, every, every second page on Instagram is, is either a house renovation or uh, someone in finance. And to be fair, I think they're all putting up really helpful stuff and, they're very generous with their time and I understand why a podcast like that where it's asking people to go on strike from buying would annoy them because like they, they, they'd be out, out of a job or they won't be making money for a while. So I understand that like and people just need to be aware of that, that if if somebody is on RT or News Talk trying to push it down your throat that no, you need to buy now, prices are going up and up and up. They're, like they have to say that. That's their their job. They, and they won't have a job if people aren't getting mortgages. So it's just something to be aware of. But I'm also that I'm that that's not me criticizing them. Like I get it. It's their it's their job. It would be like me telling kids not to go to school. Do you know what I mean? They, so it, they, that's their job and, and and I get it. Yeah. So I understand where they're coming from. But I just don't think anyone knows where prices are going. And it, look, if it works for you, it works. If it doesn't, if you can hold on, then hold on. 
But I also thought it was just a little bit ironic because I was like, surely, you know, if something's done, that means there's more buyers on the market because there's more properties on the market, which means there's more stock to sell for the agents. There's more mortgage to give out for the people because like we can, you know, I'm approved. How many times have you been approved now? Uh, Still on the first one, yeah. Oh, you're still on your first approval. Okay, I'm on my second about to go into my you know third just over. yeah <laughs> just just massive rollover every single time and like i'm like but there's lots of people in my position and i'm like i haven't drawn down so no one's making money here you know because yeah. there's brokers working different ways there's brokers who either get their fee from their bank or they get their um they get the fee from the bank or they get their fee from uh you going to to kind of meet them and to view with them and that's that's what i kind of i was like what a short-sighted opinion for something that is like essentially your long-term goal or your long-term career or anything along those lines yeah i just i'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt and i do chat to a good few of them on instagram like and they're very they are generous with their time and but like of course they're going to be against Mm -hmm. a buyer strike because Mm -hmm. that's their bread and butter you know and they need to put a roof over their own head so yeah look i get it i understand perfect Mm. right Last question. Um, tell me, what's the dream house? <laughs> oh, as in like realistic dream or if we wanted the Euro Millions? No, we're shooting for the stars here. Like what would be, like if you're Euro like... Euro Millions. Yeah. Where are we going here? Tell us. Probably, uh, my wife loves uh, the houses on Dartmouth Square in Ranelagh. They're kind of, they're amazing. Big three-storey over basement Georgian houses and you have like the little square in front and you're right on the canal there, you're right beside Ranla Village. So that would probably be the uh the Euro Millions one. Or maybe even the Irish lotter you'd probably pick one up for, for three million. Uh so that would probably be the, the, the ultimate dream one there. I just like something with a with a big garden and loads of space, like everybody, mm-hmm. I think. But that would mm-hmm. still be central enough that we're close to her parents and close to town and all that kind of stuff. Any key features that we need to look out for? In my house in Dartmouth Square? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, like you said earlier, they've got the lovely big bay windows, they've got the mm. basement, they've got a big front garden, big back garden. You've got the, the square in front. Yeah, they're like big red brick Georgian houses. They're fabulous. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Carla, Jen, what about you? I know, as I was going to say, I'm like, what's yours? <laughs> what's yours? Um, mine is probably not in Ireland, but I mean, it is. it's kind of like a hybrid. I love... I love, um, the, you know, one of the main reasons everyone's like, you know, there's lots of lovely areas in Dublin 15. You don't have to live in Castlenock and all but I fucking want to. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> in Georgian Village um, there. <laughs> in the Georgian, yeah, in the Georgian Village. No, that was built on a bloody ferry fort. I don't want to be haunted. Um, my dream is Deer Park where um, my dad was lucky enough to grow up. <laughs> but, uh, because they're essentially built, backed onto the park. Huge gardens, absolutely monstrous. And uh, they're 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 beautiful, but there is there's pockets, you know. Castleknock Lodge is also absolutely fine. Mm. I, I'd take any of them, really, lads. I would. Yeah. I would take the Georgian Village if I was offered. I love to me it's just like Castleknock Lodge. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Castleknock Lodge. It's not my absolute personal preference, but I do like it. Um, you know, we went to. Uh, we're now looking at the the. We're now looking at um long term renting, and we went to view property. We went to view renting in in Farmley. Um, just because I was like, if I'm gonna rent, I want to rent somewhere that I can never afford to live. So. <laughs> that could Um, could work out bad you get a taste for the good life yeah that's that's another thing i'll be like why don't we just long-term rent forever in this tiny one bed apartment but um 
I think glass would be for me and light has to mm. be like there has to be a sun trap there has to be glass everywhere there has to be lighting lighting is my friend and it's something obviously as a makeup artist is something that I I kind of crave and I look for but it would have to be about lighting a bay window or any kind of book nook yeah that's what I'm looking for in my gaff so glass but not not the dermaban and tacky you know we're looking for like demure I don't want it to be too in your face and I hate loud colours mm. so I think there's some kind of jungle-esque yeah. kind of plants like going on the smell of soil yes. you know sun that kind of crack tell us about you Jen go mm. on I know it's going to be something like with a dog run <laughs> yeah no well I I was like I when I was looking through draft I often just it's a habit of mine because you can do the old 3D tours and stuff I I always look for me or a million's house mm. so I've seen a few there was one particular one in Lucan um it was 1.2 mil not that bad, not bad. on a, a on a big hill big deck like a kind of really Georgian looking deck oh. and it had all different uh, like terraces outside of oh. the house and it was really, you know, I just want something with a load of character. And I'd love, yeah. like, obviously, a load of land around it mm. with a border of big trees for privacy. And I'd love, like, my own little forest. Do you know? Yeah, right. that'd be nice. I we make a little pact. If any of us win the Euro Millions, we have yeah. to buy each other. We have to buy each other. Yes, yeah. <laughs> for those. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. I forgot to mention a balcony as well as a non-negotiable. That'd be nice. Did you ever see, it was on with the episode of Room to Improve where Jeremy Bannon is doing his own house mm. and he's getting your man, I can't remember his, the gardener's name. Jeremy Gavin. But the guard, yeah, Jeremy Gavin and he brought Jeremy to his house. Did you see the fucking balcony on his, it's yeah, like phenomenal. something in Asia. It's unbelievable. Like he yeah. has a balcony, like a wraparound balcony at the top of his house and a staircase down into his garden. It is on. Believable. He's amazing. Like, That's he, he, he does a he does a live Instagram every Friday or every night at seven. Since the start of lockdown, his, yeah, his garden is phenomenal. It's like a a, a, a paradise. Yeah, it's now it's batshit crazy. Like you would you'd get lost in it, but it, his balcony is something to behold. It's like oh, it's unbelievable. It's just dream house type of stuff. That's cool. I just think they're underrated, you know. And I feel like a balcony. A balcony is a luxury, as we're all aware, you know. We're probably yeah. not going to be looking at gas and balconies at any point. Uh, but um, I feel like if you have a good garden, it's almost like having a second home. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's one of my non-negotiables as well, having some sort of outdoor space. And We're lucky that the house here, we're Mel's parents' house here, we've a, we don't have much outdoor space downstairs. We've got a lovely roof garden and it's like a proper little sun trap oh. and Ooh. grow my little vegetables up on that. It's It's amazing, yeah. Jeez, I'd say they're very nice. I know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to. <laughs> You're like, there's no problem. Yeah, keep dropping in. You know? no yeah. <laughs> Did you know that if you inject a load of potassium into somebody, it can't be traced? <laughs> if, like you die. Like Peter Andre, didn't he? <laughs> yes. Wasn't that rumour Peter Andre nearly died from potassium overdose or something? We're going off topic here. <laughs> just saying like if you if you wanted the gaff job in wanted somebody to pass away I'm just saying it's not that hard better chance of me being killed I'd say <laughs> oh, oh, maybe don't get Melissa to listen to this <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um on thanks a million you've been great um, it's been lovely having a chat with my, you my absolute pleasure thanks so much for having me on 
Not a problem Thanks at so all. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. I didn't get as irate as I thought I would have, but I'm definitely more stressed in, in inside. <laughs> we mentioned it on the dreams, though, which I think is important. Kieran, why don't you tell... Yeah, that um, was nice. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find you? You have a Patreon as well, which, uh, you know, we're all about. We have a Patreon too, so tell us all about your Patreon and what you do and where to find you and all those good bits. Yeah, the Patreon support. I think people need to support... Uh, content creators um it's instagram crazy house prices and i'm actually set up a twitter as well because i think it, stuff gets a bit more political traction over there so mm-hmm. i only set that up the other day that's uh, crazy house price and uh, it's annoying because the handle doesn't allow enough characters to get the prices in so it's just crazy yeah, house price on twitter and crazy house prices on instagram Mm-hmm. and then my Patreon is on there that's on I don't know it's uh, patreon.com forward slash crazy house prices I think yeah oh perfect okay and oh. we're looking for a sponsor for you are we <laughs> like, what's from, the dream my, sponsor <laughs> yeah, yeah sponsored by Sherry Fitzgerald <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> yeah Bob I, mean, um, I was okay. taking afford it <laughs> <laughs> before we let you go we couldn't let you go without giving you this week's unpopular opinion of the week roll the jingle so unpopular opinion of the week hmm? 2020 i've seen trends 2021 we've had a lot of them you know we, we're a trendy nation i will never understand the easter eggs filled with shite filled with what what do you mean like unpopular opinion let an Easter egg be. You don't need to shove a brownie, three Kinder eggs and half a crunchy bar, mash it up and be like, here you go. Ah, uh, yeah. Let uh, sleeping dogs lie. Humans I'm are past, so, I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> we're past it. We're we're beyond that. We don't mm-hmm. need a joke. Very Americanized. don't like it. It's. I was going to say, it is getting very Americanized, but I do appreciate the creativity that goes into some of these bits so I, I have to disagree with you I just don't like here's my thing right bit unhygienic we're in the middle of a panini we yeah. don't need to we don't need somebody getting an egg cracking it in half stuffing a brownie that they made from home into it you know it's just ooh, it gives me shivers where, yeah. where have you seen where have you seen this now like I've seen people making their own easter egg because there wasn't a fucking easter egg to be got but like where Explain, like, give me an example of what you saw somebody doing. Connor Ryan's page. They're all over. Right. They're all over Ireland yums. And all these different cafes and chippers and bloody Ah. all over the home bakes or whatever. But like, there's, again, I just don't, I don't see the need for it. It gives me shivers. There's nothing worse than, you know, when you were younger and you used to get a big thumbprint on your, on your chocolate when you were trying to break it in half and you put your big, yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need it. It's. I. I don't care if it's like if you're an absolute egg lover, chocolate queen or king or whatever you are. There's no need, and that is my unpopular opinion of the week. Easter edition, even though it's late, fizzles. Oh well. Um, fair enough. That's. Mm-hmm. They don't said your piece. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and we will chat you next week. Bye. Bye.